First and foremost, Elton's incredibly unique and groundbreaking, and I basically wanted to pay homage to him and his music, take a special touch that he had and recreate it for the film. This was nicknamed The Devil, and this appears in Rocket Man at the beginning and at the end of the film. It sort of represents the naughty side of Elton, but also the side that is looking for love. This one over here was for uh, a song, Benny and the Jets. My sort of inspiration here was New York in the 70s. This is a real fun outfit. And uh, you know, I think it is all about fun and just going further than you can go. Hello, welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. I'm Ernest. And I'm Patricia. Yes, Patricia and me, a pretty good company. So I, yeah, sorry guys, I am, I just, I've, I, I just might break out into random Elton John songs throughout this podcast, just warn you, and Patricia. <laughs> Um, I blame Bravo because he started it by naming this episode The Stitch is Back. And I know what they were probably referring to, but um, it just reminded me of Elton John's The Bitch is Back. And that's, you know, all of that's been in my head. Um, so although the connotations are extremely different for the title of this episode, it just inspired me to listen to a lot of Elton John this week. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Patricia, thank you so much for joining me again. <laughs> You're welcome, and thank you for welcoming me back again. <laughs> Yay! Um, and yeah, and listeners, I recorded the gaming episode with Nalen finally, and um, so you'll be getting a double dose today. Thank you all for your patience with that. Um, such a fun episode recording with Nalen, and I realized that uh, we both, <laughs> at the end of that episode, said goodnight as our bye because we were both kind of recording late. And then with you, Patricia, we're recording early-ish. Again. Again. So it's like, good morning. Good morning to you and to the listeners. We always say good morning at the end of this um, podcast. So, um, and I would also say it's kind of appropriate because it's also a very early morning for the designers as we start this episode. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but it begins at 7.13 in the morning and we're right into the penthouse with the designers. And, um, you know, it opens up not not too much with the designers, just Bishmi carrying Sebastian over the threshold. Yes. <laughs> so it's super short because Renee is not there to ask how everyone feels about Renee being eliminated, mm, which is very yeah. sad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So, but... Let's get to it. Um, we finally, uh, we, we get right into the designers approaching the workroom. And there is a sign, I think, that says, follow the yellow brick road. I don't see this sign. I don't know if you noticed it, but someone. I did, I did notice. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. I just assumed I, that there was. But I just want to say um, that, oh, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Oh, 
Oh, good. My apology. My, my headset kind of slipped for a second. Oh, no, right. So I just want to say that they did this thing where they there was a sign that said, follow the yellow brick road. And then there was uh, laid out on the on the ground. Mm-hmm. There were like puzzle pieces of the yellow brick road. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I like I like the description because I wasn't sure how to describe that. I was like patches of fake bricks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Little little puzzle pieces that look like brick yeah yellow 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 um yellow brick yeah yeah but it's also yeah these are like little they look like little puzzle pieces of course you know if they're all together probably would have made one huge brick road but these are little clues so so on their way to the workroom there are these smattering of clues like what's the challenge gonna be guys and there's like a half mannequin that's wearing one of renee's tuxedos or or something that would have been one of renee's tuxedos like a very bright yellow shirt and like a sequence jacket or whatever um another clue we start hearing very heavy piano parlor like band music mm-hmm. And then another mannequin at the entrance with this really colorful leopard feather top piece with a sequent fez cap. <laughs> and then they get into the workroom and even more mannequins and more of those puzzle pieces of, a, of yellow bricks. And um, set up are, I guess, about four mannequins covered in feathers, sequins, um, a lot of a lot of stuff going on over here, and um, yeah, yeah, and so it's it's kind of not really like clear of the clue yet. We need Christian to come out beyond the yellow brick road. He kind of like ventures out from the shadows, and is like, yeah, uh, um, hey listeners, or I'm sorry, hey hey designers. <laughs> Um, welcome to the world of legendary performer and fashion icon, Sir Elton John. Um, so this kind of explains a lot of what's going on. I'm sure Vinny saw like that one suit. Did you see the one with the, like, there's one with like devil horns and like fiery wings coming out the back. Mm-hmm. And Vinny probably saw and that and was just like, oh, yeah, perfect counterpart to my gaming character. Or just like a total replacement of what Vinny made for his gaming outfit. Yeah, yeah. I just thought he like shuddered until we heard church bells again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. Not the devil. He's like, no, no, Vinny, calm down. It's not the real devil. All right. Sorry. This person's not going to also kill you. Just like the person that you made up you know like there's a lot of death in your fashion but not today Vinny you're you're yeah. don't worry you're not gonna and die I, I really say that as a compliment to the designer who made that outfit nothing more <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I have to also point out that there was this huge fur piano jacket yeah. that oh, just looked amazing on there yeah. Yeah, it was uh, anyway. So just just wonderful designs on these mannequins in the front. So we get a little bit of more of the background from from Christian, and he explains that the designs behind him are representative of the pieces used in an upcoming movie, actually about Elton John, called Rocket Man. And I had to point out they're putting Christian to work on this one. Where's Carly? <laughs> She's yeah. not here to introduce this. She's still at her wedding. I think that was the last right. episode. She's still at her oh, friend's yeah, wedding. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. Come back yet. 
<laughs> um, so Christian is on double duty here as the intro person, kind of like the pseudo host. And also he has to introduce the next segment, which is, hey, watch this TV um, with an, a, you know, a very important person on it. And it's Taron Egerton, Taron Egerton, who's the actor playing Elton John in, in, in the movie. And so he's on a, on the TV screen for just a millisecond, just to be like, hello, people. Um, I'm here to really just serve as the intro for another person. It's like, can we just introduce the designer who made all these amazing pieces? But OK, so we have to shoot it over to Taryn Egerton, who basically introduces the designer of these um, amazing garments, Julian Day. So we've had Daniel Day, a.k.a. Dapper Dan. Now we have Julian Day. I just love, I just love that this is kind of going on. Um, but Julian Day comes out wearing this amazing forest hat, looking like a chic ranger. Um, in person, in per- he's in person. He's in not in a video. Person. He's, he's not- actually there. Exactly. Yeah. So we have a real. We have like I don't know. This is this weird kind of you know, off camera stuff going on. But you no, know, Daniel Day. I'm mean, sorry, Julian Day is there in person, and um, everyone kind of you know kind of freaks out but he goes to each outfit explains their elements and what they represent and how he integrated the stories from the songs into the garments and um i just really love this moment to to hear a little bit from him because i'm not really familiar with his work he's a costume designer um and uh i i think that's just primarily where he works and and not someone who you would say like oh this is someone who has their fashion line but someone who um is a storyteller with clothes for this particular movie and i really loved how he explained and confirmed for me that the piano coat was for the song benny and the jets which i know is from the line where because benny wears electric boots and a mohair suit i love it it's great great yeah i love that part too and mainly because i am not I know who Elton John is. I've heard songs on the radio. Mm-hmm. I remember Elton John from television when I was young and, you know, but that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. So he was like, oh, wow, look, like all that stuff. And from photographs, his persona is very well known, meaning he's very well, his fashion is documented in the world of photography. Mm-hmm. That's mostly how I know Elton John. So I really appreciated to hear Julian Day speak about the garments. I really did. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, because for me, you know, I don't really, I, I don't, I've never, let's see. I've seen Elton John perform mostly on, you know, just on television, of course. And same as you, like just through photographs. But we kind of get to see some montages from the movie where they're clearly going to highlight a lot of Elton John's iconic performances, which happened in this, you know, um, late 60s 70s 80s uh, which I'm really excited about because I'm I mostly um, grew up listening to him because my my dad's a huge Elton John fan and that's how I know a lot of the songs and just really appreciated it Um, I've like these this weird not weird but just this memory of every time we because I I love I grew up going to the Y as a kid and for some reason every time we went to the Y we would always listen to Elton John on the way there. So I kind of equate Elton John with going to my swim lessons. It's really strange. Oh, oh my God. That's really beautiful. <laughs> it's one of those things. 
thing. I think that's not strange. I think that's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I just really adore the music. So yeah, I, I, I love this tiny little bit of a lesson, and I think the designers really needed it. Um, yes. I think quite a few of them are are, are very young, and um, perhaps don't know Elton John's career very intimately um we even hear from some of uh, some from Vinny who I think you know he makes some general statements about Elton John's contributions which are kind of off (laughs) oh okay see I wouldn't know that (laughs) yeah I mean it's just like yes Elton John was in conversation with a lot of performers during his time in terms of what you look like on stage like so the stage presence and this extravagant over-the-top um, you know, uh, performance wear and uh, using lots of like feathers and fur and, and, you know, just like this psychedelic, um, futuristic trip, but retro in a way. Um, so yeah, but, but also like this idea of like gender bending, he's like, yeah, he's a pioneer of that. It's like, not necessarily, not necessarily, you know, he don't have to say that he's not necessarily the pioneer of this, but he definitely was in conversation with a lot of people going on at that time. Um, which makes yeah. that, that moment in time really interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear you say that because that's something that I wouldn't know how to verbalize, but, <laughs> I, but I see it. And I sort of, when we first saw, uh, when we first followed the yellow big road into the beginning of the episode and I sort of already knew that it was Elton John, but I was sort of thinking, okay, if I didn't know that, who would this be? Who would this be? Yeah. And what came to mind was sort of, Oh, Bowie, Lady Gaga and then I'm like oh of course and then so having that thought in my head and hearing what you just said made me think about how so many of our pop stars even Madonna you know especially Madonna oh my god um are really building on these existing legacies already yeah yeah I mean and we we talked about it a little bit um at the end of the podcast um Nilan and I um because I believe there might have been I don't I didn't hear the reference but I'll I'll reference it now that I think it's a good way of approaching it in terms of like if you didn't really know about Alton John what would this remind you of and there's just so much out there um and my my favorite reference to, you know it kind of comes up a little bit later is um Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells um I went and kind of scout look for some images on the internet of some of my favorite images of them and there's this one photo and I'm going to post it on on um on Tumblr and I'm going to put the link in the sh- in the show notes but they're dressed up in all silver and um they have they're wearing like <laughs> almost like super women um just just like very what you thought the future was going to be like in 1974 or whatever just lots of feathers and crazy crazy sequins and and just really incredible silhouettes and um yeah no it was just really fun to think about i i would i definitely would have think with would have thought of bowie with that with the devil horns mm-hmm. um you know parliament or some like other funk funkadella group just yeah. the crazy things they wore on stage, just so much fun. Um, yeah, all of it. All right, so someone else is really excited about this challenge. Um, well, actually, let me get into it. So we we hear more from Christian Quas Siriano. So, okay, the challenge is, designers, imagine if Elton John came to you in the 70s or 80s and asked you to make him a fabulous look. 
what would you make him? Channel the man, the time, and the music. Make it a larger-than-life performance piece. And you get male models. And everyone's just like, ah, male models. Oh, my goodness. Yay. And Jamal is the happiest out of everybody because he's a a menswear designer. And also is just like, listen, I challenge masculinity. Why not glitter? Why not sequins? This is my time. Come on. Um, But um, it it doesn't end there. Since they have to make a larger than life piece, they get two days, but they also get some help. So they bring back all of the past designers, all the way back to Frankie, all the way back to Kavanaugh. They're yeah. all there. I I was like, oh, okay. So this is the point where we have the same amount of designers who've been eliminated versus the ones who are still there. Oh. Right. Yeah. Because right. no one gets left behind. There aren't any, like, you know, cast offs. <laughs> So to choose a designer helper, they bring out the acrylic button box. And I'll just quickly go through uh, who gets to choose and who's get, who gets chosen. So okay. we have Garo chooses Sonia. And we have Jamal gets Rakan. <laughs> I was very excited about that. I was like, Rakan, not only is Rakan back, He's back with Jamal. With Jamal. <laughs> it's just, all, I think all Jamal had to do was just point at Rakan like, you. He's like, yay. And, and that was my dream team. And all that, that my dream team was missing there was Renee. Like those <laughs> three, I think, need to be like making fashion all the time. Okay, oh, man. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> and then, uh, so, so we have Bishmi gets Afa. And I'm so happy to see Afa. I'm actually, a lot of the designer, these designers, I'm just glad to have them back. Glad to have Afa back. Um, Vinny chooses Nadine, and she doesn't want to be there. But she's like, okay, <laughs> I guess. I'm surprised you chose me. Mur, mur, mur. I think Nadine <laughs> would have been surprised if anyone chose her, I think. Well, even the show made a little, like, caveat. <laughs> caveat edit with um, Nadine saying, no, someone's, the person who chose Nadine, which I forget right now, even though it you just said it. Vinny. Said Vinny. Vinny's like, oh, she's a really good sewer or something like that. As if like having to justify like why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have Leela choosing Renee because even though um, Renee's pants last week were very questionable, um, she does menswear. And that's a, that's a smooth move on Renee's part. I mean, on Leela's part. Um, we have Hester who chooses COVID, her crazy color baby. <laughs> right. Uh, and we have Tessa who has to choose between Kavanaugh and Frankie. And she chooses Frankie because she doesn't know Kavanaugh. Um, Kavanaugh is, as we all re- will remember, or maybe not remember, was eliminated first. So Sebastian is our last designer to choose and he doesn't even choose. He gets Kavanaugh because no one knows her. Um, so Christian says to the designers, all right, my tiny dancers, this is a two day challenge. You'll have 30 minutes to sketch and we'll go to mood and they get to go to a sequence and notions store. So they'll get $400 at mood and then $300 at the sequence and notion store. 
And then more to come. No immunity. That's off the table. No more for the rest of the competition. Hester is the last person with immunity. Um, and uh, yeah, then it's com card grab time where they get to see who their male models are. And we're off. That was a really long intro. <laughs> well, that's that's what happened. That's how the show began. Yeah, it was a really, really, really long intro. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we have this little time with these these eliminated designers. And again, such a good crew. I'm really happy to see them back. And um, we get a, a little bit of a, of, of a view into their preview discussion or their, their first discussion amongst the two of them. Um, we have Jamal and Rakan, who, of course, are so happy to be with one another. And you can tell Jamal's spirits are really, really on top. She's like, yeah, I'm just going to work out the form because gender doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. um, we have Leela. She says, I'm a Texas girl, so we have to do French. And I just was like, why? But, you know, that's that's fine. Yeah. Uh, two of my bracket members, I was really worried at the very beginning. Um, oh, besides, besides Leela, who else? Uh, Hester. Oh, Hester. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hester is just sort of on autopilot right now. I just, I'm just kind of cruising along with her. I do have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and we also have a little bit of Sebastian where we are in another situation where Sebastian right off the bat is like, I don't know what I'm doing. So his dad also loved El- Elton John or loves, I should say, present tense, is an Elton John fan. But he's like, yeah, my dad loves Elton John, but I don't know this man. <laughs> I know yeah, I know the man. music, but I don't know this man. Yeah, yeah. Um, he seems to be pulling from the the 70s decade in general, from what he knows. He's like, yeah, so I guess the 70s were about peace and love. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot happening in the 70s. But I guess if you want to choose peace and love from that, sure. And uh, we also get to hear a little bit from Kavanaugh, who is just like, so I've done, I've actually done custom garments that have gone to Elton John's cousin's daughter's after prom party. Um, No, just kidding. She's done legit stuff. So (laughs) I think she's kind of kind of saving face because she was chosen last. She's like, actually, Sebastian kind of lucked out because he has someone who kind of sort of kind of knows Elton John. Um, yeah, that edit make, made her look so resentful. <laughs> I mean, I actually thought, in a way, I, you know, I would love to know a little bit more about Kavanaugh, but but yeah, she just can't help herself but seem a little arrogant. She just can't help it. But it's but for me, I was like, well, it's backed up by something. She just said garments went to that party. I don't know who at that party wore her clothes or what it looked like, but she has she had stuff at that thing that one time. Um, Hester is making an Elton John rooster outfit. Okay, yes. I kind of rolled my eyes at that. Yeah. Um, not, again, Hester has immunity, so I kind of did not really focus so much on her. I mean, COVID expressed some hesitations here but i think along with a lot of these other designers who the eliminated designers they're just like this is not on me this is on y'all i'm just here to help (laughs) i am just here to do what you want me to do your vision is your vision 
And uh, then we go to Garo and Sonia, where that is not the atmosphere. That is not the understanding on Sonia's part. Um, but I also think that this sketch time between Garo and Sonia is a very important interaction to pay attention to. We have yes. two of the most experienced designers on the show um, together. together. And then from what I understood, they got really, they got along really well, even though I think, you know, Gar Garo was really shady to Sonia on the show, but I, I think Sonia for the most part um, had really nice interactions with Garo when she was on the show. Yeah. But I think what we're seeing here is a what I thought at the beginning was a true collaboration. It seemed like there was a lot of back and forth. Sonia was making a lot of offerings that come up later in the show. That's that, uh, come, come to be very significant. Yeah. Um, like the rocket flame boots. She, um, suggested a cod piece. She suggested some wings. We, you know, things like that. They're just talking it up. They're just talking it up and she's given some ideas and, and girls given some ideas. Um, so that's that's that. That's what's happening. All right. So now let's head to mood. Okay. <laughs> so are you there? Oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're in mood and we get to see Swatch finally. And I have to say that um Kavanaugh must be okay because Swatch lets her lets her scratch their butt a little bit. So I'm just like, I think I think this is a good sign that maybe Kavanaugh is actually a good person in real life because Swatch is like, you're fine. You're okay with me. Okay. Um, anyway, so again, so again, the designers need two days because there's a lot here to do. First, they're going to stop off at Mood and then the Trims and Ocean store afterwards. But I don't know if you noticed anything in particular during this, this, um, this go that stood out to you. No, not really, except for having this um, moment of hilarity with Sebastian where he expressed being overwhelmed by the glitter, you know, and I kind of thought, wow, this is after Tessa said something like, I'm going to use cream wool, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I was sort of like, and Sebastian's overwhelmed by glitter in this challenge. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, leave it to Tessa to just like, mm, well, <laughs> just like, can you, <sighs> can you use something else like besides hammered wool? And 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 that's that's another thing. Tessa and Sebastian, in mood and in the trims and notions, are just the most uncomfortable. While everyone else is yeah. just like, ah, oh, this is so much fun, and we have Rakan just making feather horns and Jamal is just like, Oh my God, I just love it here. And we have Bishmi just running around with the most fun colors that I've seen him work with so far. Um, and then yeah. and even, even Vinny, who's I think kind of struggling a little bit with what it means to go all out, um, mm -hmm. you know, choosing just sparkly things. But um, I also have to point out that we hear a lot of, mentionings of bell bottoms um I, I i know that that i figured this would be a problem when christian uh, introduced the challenge by saying the 70s and the 80s but not encouraging them to be contemporary so we have tess is making bell bottoms i think sebastian's also making bell bottoms and some and i think Vinny, probably the most unsure people here are um just all about 
the, the bell bottoms. Um, Bishmi is inspired by the song. I guess that's why they call it the blues. So he's working in all denim, which is kind of exciting. Um, we also have, um, let's see. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's about all I, I just wrote here that, um, we have just a lot of doomed looking faces just on with, between Tessa and Sebastian. Um, but this is, this is a fun challenge. This is a, this is a fun challenge guys. Come on, just go. But it's also, I think it's. I think making a stage outfit has so much detail that is so much more than making a, a typical day wear or just a regular runway outfit, unless mm-hmm. you're like Steve McQueen or Tom Brown or, or something like that. But mm-hmm. even so, even so, I think it's, I think they were all, oh my God, this is a stage piece. This is something to be seen from afar and from multiple dimensions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that that's kind of overwhelming. Or I mean, I would be beyond overwhelmed. So it didn't surprise me that they were all stressed. It did surprise me, um, or I guess it didn't surprise me how indecisive people like Tessa and Sebastian were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I that's that's a good point because I think so. We so once we get back to the workroom with their seven hundred dollars worth of stuff, there also is that added element that you're working with a. A, a helper, a partner, you have to guide another person. So when you are on top of everything, um, kind of stressed out, perhaps a little unsure, you still have to be the leader. And with Sebastian, it's very, very obvious that he just is winging it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, we get to see his sketch a little bit. And again, we hear bell bottom. He's like, uh, we're going to do a bell bottom and a, maybe a bomber jacket and and wings i guess guess he's an angel coming out of the sky i you know maybe just he's just throwing out um these ideas and it's funny to me that he kind of falls back on bell bottoms and a bomber jacket Mm. bomber jackets seem to be like the the basic of this season yeah it's sort of like neil young and top gun you know i didn't really get that those two like bomber jacket and bell bottoms together. Yeah. I yeah. don't see what era that communicates cohesively. Yeah, and I guess maybe the bomber jacket could be current or whatever. And it's it's very yeah. much in trend and then the bell bottom is the retro element. But he didn't really think that through because he also said angel wings. Um right. so yeah. Um we we hear a little bit of behind the story um, that Vinny is trying to um, to communicate with his outfit, and he starts off saying, "Well, you know, Elton John loved the UK and mm. the US. Did he? <gasps> Did he, Vinny? Anyway, so he goes, well, we have we have the same colors, red, white, and blue. So that's what I'm going with. Oh, and also <laughs> bell bottoms with a train." <laughs> I heard this and I I was just thinking what 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 the last time you used used blue and white did not go so well. Uh, he's like, but it's and red this time. I'm putting in red, <laughs> <laughs> which is the other color that he that I think Christian kind of shamed him into putting back. 
that last time. He's like, mm, this time I'm going to choose that red. Um, mm. And he also has 100 extra dollars, so he can basically afford it. Mm-hmm. But holy crapness. Yeah, I think bell bottoms with a train, red, white, and blue. It just all doesn't sound great. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. So we have this time. This is before the models come in. Did you, did you notice anything else before we just want to make sure? Um, before Christian leads the pack with mm-hmm. a uh, tropical patterned bomber jacket? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Christian Siriano is also wearing a bomber jacket. <laughs> I Every time that jacket is on the screen, I'm like, oh, my God, I, I, I don't know what, what just happened because I love that jacket so much. <laughs> uh, you know what? Seriously. Okay. I just noticed this. I don't know. Do you watch Queer Eye? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. So I just noticed because I just don't notice this. But um, so one of the um, one of the guys in there, Karamo, his thing is a bomber jacket. Oh. And you would love that because every scene he's wearing a different type of bomber jacket. And it wasn't oh. until he had this interview with someone or just like, I'm wearing a bomber jacket in honor of you and you're a bomber jacket. So I was like, oh, right. Huh. Interesting. So in that way, maybe a bomber jacket is kind of like a basic. Oh, it- I think it is. I just I in that tropical print. It just kills me. I love it. Yeah, I need one. Hmm. All right. So. So, right. Yeah. So, so Christian comes on in and uh, introduces the male models for them. So we we get the Bravo porn film theme music, which to me is so not appropriate because these dudes have probably the least sexy walks on their way. And some of them are actually shuffling. And like, just like, oh, and kind of bashful. Because yeah. the regular models usually saunter in and they just like pound their ways in, like they're on the runway. Yeah. And these guys yeah. are like, hi. And it goes like, bow, chick, bow, wow. It's like, hi, I guess I'm here. Good morning. Bow, bow, yeah. bow, wow. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's early. Up. It's not sexy at all, guys. What's going on? Just because they're dudes with packs. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're models. What you're picking up on is something that kind of drove me crazy through this whole episode, which is constant, like, or pervasive and predictable kind of gender fascism. <laughs> so it's like, you know, models are directed to be to look effortless and to look effortless and to make it all seem so breezy, easy breezy, right? Yeah, yeah. These male models, that, that was their, somehow they were all very uniformly directed to be like, pathetically louche you know just sort of <laughs> come on and he's like so you want me to take my shirt off yes take your shirt off like he's like all right here i go just like kind of i guess take my shirt off because i'm a model it's like yes just come on. yeah um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off <laughs> i was ready to be cut off <laughs> that was enough said about that <laughs> Because there's more to say. There's more to say about this this dynamic between the models and uh, the designers. Um, I just thought it was so hilarious, and especially with Sebastian. So Sebastian meets his model, who's this, of course, they're all very handsome. This is a very handsome black dude. And I thought it was the cutest because it kind of, Sebastian has lived in the U.S. long enough 
where he gripped up his model like a full-on American because he's like, hey, hey, man, hey, you know, it's just like the like the the dap and then the, the turnaround and like the grip and then like mm, it's like yeah, yeah, dude, like I'm not attracted to you at all. Like yeah, yeah, like, I'm fine. My boyfriend's watching. My my partner's watching. He's like platonic, 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 platonic. <laughs> if I say it enough times, if I say it enough times. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most American we've seen the match. I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Um, also with Tessa. So like, again, we talked about this a little bit with, with Nayland. So Tessa's just like, oh, something smells really good in here. And it's yeah, just <laughs> so good. Because <laughs> the room smells like dudes. Just like a lot more, you know, um, male hormones going on. And so she's she she makes aware, makes us all aware that she's sensing what I'm just assuming are just like, you know, how do you smell? And she feels very comfortable announcing that I feel starved for straight males. Like, okay. I mean, okay. Um, again, very obvious uh, with Tessa. Just just very obvious. And then we have, I think, Frankie over there who is just like, okay, can we just get to the task on hand? Because yeah. we're yeah. designing for male genitalia. And the most important thing is that all of their stuff, <laughs> all of their packages, all of their 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 junks are like fitted well. <laughs> Let's get this yeah. together. Um, we have Leela who interacts with her model. She's just bright red, and she's like, "Oh my god, do you have enough hair for a mohawk? And um, do you have enough butt for semi assless chaps? Okay, oh wait, oh my god, okay, great. Oh my gosh, I have a boyfriend. Oh my god, this is crazy. Oh my god." Like, okay, Leela, just calm down. Weird. And she's, Leela said something like, a guy is so different than a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? But then of course I'm like, oh, yelling at the TV, does really nothing. <laughs> yeah, does really nothing. But also you have Renee. You have Renee, who is someone who's very skilled, so... You know, like it's you're 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 gonna you should be fine. You made a really really smart choice in choosing someone yeah, who's I, used to. Yeah, but I don't think Layla knows how to read Renee's vision. I think Layla knows how to spot that Renee has technique, but I don't think Layla knows how to read Renee as somebody with a vision. Hmm. So I think that's where Layla went wrong and kind of not really working with Renee better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um... Which is interesting because Leela is a boss in real life and, you know, works with a team of people, runs a company. Um, but, yeah, I think that's 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 a really good point to make. Um, all right. So I just also have to say something about Vinny um, because Vinny did this thing where they're meeting the models and we also we get a little cutaway to him talking about how he's going to approach this this challenge he's like well you know so um everyone's been saying that I really suck at restraint and I need to work on that like I really need to work on just not putting a lot of stuff in things and in my apartment I was yelling like no Vinny not this challenge this is Elton John you like this is the one challenge and then he goes well you but you know what but this is not the one to do that on I figured it out I need to go all out on this one it's like okay good good he kind of gets it. But does he get it? Does Vinny get it? We at least understand that Vinny kind of under, like is is just sort of trying to wrap his head around what he's called to do here. 
Um, we also have some foreshadowing going on with Sonia and Garo because they're meeting their model and Sonia is downplaying a lot of their plans with the model. And while Garo is trying to up play what they're doing, he's like, look at these glasses. We're going to put these glasses on you. And so he's like, yeah, but the ones we're going to have are just so much better than that. Those are kind of lame. He's like, and then we're going to do this. Like, yeah, but the other pants that we're going to make for you are going to be so much better. Cause that will, you know, what we have right now is kind of lame. And, um, I think we're seeing the first sense of Garo not feeling the love tonight. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, you're going to. Be... Well, here's the thing: during throughout the show, and even throughout our conversation now, I think you've made several um, references to songs that are just totally going over my head. <laughs> it's I know fine. That song, I know um, that song. Yeah. If you hum it, I'll recognize it. But okay, good. Just... I'll be like, I don't know. What I is will, that? I will do my best. I will hum more, make it more obvious that uh, I just have a smattering of Elton John lyrics all in my notes. Um, for those for those listeners who are fans out there, I hope you can appreciate my efforts. Just saying. <laughs> okay, so we get to fit the models a little bit as well. Um. This is where we hear from some of them, like, you know, Hester's never dressed a dude before. Um, but, you know, I think she's kind of handling it pretty well. And um, there's not really that much to say here except for the male models waddle out. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they just kind of like lump their lump their ways out. Um we're done. We're going to go pretend we're not excited to be in the show somewhere else. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> mur, mur, I guess, you know. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so they, so they leave. So we have some post time here before the end of the day. And we get a first look at what Sebastian's making. And it looks really sad. He looks like he's making an all-over Henley suit with just ribbed pants, ribbed top, hanging Christmas lights on the side. It's just really sad, and I think it's because perhaps, and and perhaps this, this challenge is also making Sebastian kind of sad, um, since he has offered that his dad's an Elton John fan, that this reminds him of his dad, which reminds him of his family, and also reminds him that he can't go back to Columbia because he got married, and, you know, how citizenship works here in the U.S., um, there is like this waiting period where you can't leave the country for a certain amount of time while your um, immigration status is being solidified. So, yeah. 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 Um, we have Tess and Frankie where Tess is confirming to all of us that Frankie does not suck. Frankie mm-hmm. can so. Um, which is something that I need to hear because her performance on the show was you know, it was very lackluster and I, and I kind of like that Frankie's getting some type of redemption in terms of her skills. Um, yeah. 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 And I think that one thing, about even though I rarely am super jumpy about any specific designer on this show ever, um, I do enjoy watching it, but also I think that everybody there can so it's just what yeah. materials are they better at and how do they handle pressure and i think frankie is a perfect example of many designers who've been on the show who have skills but they are very 
they're not like a wide set of skills. Like they are really good doing this thing and doing this material and they don't handle pressure as well as others. Yeah. Yeah. You totally know? true. Totally true. So I have no doubt that Frankie has skill. We just didn't get to see it. So it was good to see it there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. Such a really good point. So we, we do have some time for the designers to kind of let loose after uh, at the end of the day with Jamal, Vinny, and Garo trying on shoes from the accessories wall. Um, and this is something that's different from past seasons <laughs> that I want to point out that the accessories wall is ever changing. It's not sponsored by anyone. They get to put up whatever they want. If it has it's particularly if it has something to do with the, with the challenge. And so since this is Elton John, the shoes are nuts. And so Jamal um, is so happy right now. It's so happy that his alter ego, Candy, comes out. That was hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. I, I already started laughing about that as soon as you started saying it because I was <laughs> cracking up about it. And then he and Rakan have this hilarious moment <laughs> where Jamal is prancing in these rainbow platforms and having super fun and also it's like i don't know how to do this like how do i do this like oh my god <laughs> i know that was fun but then of course we have a, a cross edit with garo having to reestablish his masculinity by doing <laughs> kickboxing with platforms uh... it's like okay garo okay you can you can do kickboxing great because i this actually is not... no go ahead Sorry. this is not america's next karate kid like just Simmer down, get back to your sewing machine. <laughs> it's so funny because I actually thought that was him being like, uh, I designed for Madonna. Mer, I designed for Lady Gaga. Bleh. And then because I wasn't, that. wasn't I he didn't know I know. I mean, because wasn't he the one who's just like Jamal's like, how do I do this? And then Garl goes, Candy, use your toes. Lean forward. This is how you walk in these heels. Because I've done this a million times. Because Jamal, so Jamal as Candy, which is his white girl alter ego, um, apparently loves bubblegum and rosé, but does it does not know how to like, walk in these heels. Like, oh my God, this is the thing that I can't, I don't really know. I'm only 16. I'm used to living in Uggs. How do I do this? <laughs> You know, I'm like, really, like, ah, that's how I am. And it just, candy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so, so we have um, Jamal, Candy, and Ronnie over there. Um, anyway, just, just being, just, just being amazing. So she... So I'm uh, still like referring to Jamal as candy. Anyway, so um, yeah, then um, we're we're at the end of our day. Is there anything else before they go out and get them a couple of vodka and tonics? No. All right. So yeah, they get to go out and hang out. Um, it's midnight, which is kind of crazy to me. <laughs> it's midnight. They're going to dinner. They're hanging out. And uh, I don't know. I'm just like, go to bed, guys. But we need this time to have them all kind of be together. 
I think this is I, the eliminated designers also get to hang out with them, or am I wrong? Yes, they all get to be together, which is really nice. Okay, okay, because I wasn't sure if they were all at, all at the table together, but um, we get to hear from Leela a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, her, about her, her, her dad, how her dad fronted two bands. And um, she also offers that, you know, uh, he didn't make it. He didn't quite make it. Mm. But she's making it. She's living the dream on Project Runway. And uh, I don't know how you felt about the story. But I felt this story was um, quite... Uh, I, I mean, I would be upset <laughs> if I were part of Leela's family. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, again, it came off just how I think Kavanaugh has this air about her where she just can't help herself but be a little arrogant. I think Leela has the same air about her where she also can't help but be a little condescending. Yeah, and everything feels so forced. Yeah. And I'm, of course, then I, I always think, okay, well, there's cameras around everywhere. I wonder how I would be. I don't know. Maybe I would be, you know, stiff as a block of concrete. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so it just felt so forced. Yeah, yeah. Not I don't know. Genuine, just sort of like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It would just meet me. It was interesting, but it didn't. Again, Leela's on my bracket, and I was. I'm just kind of looking for reasons to like her. <laughs> this didn't help me at all so yeah anyway so next morning we wake up and I think this episode aired around um, Mother's Day in the US so we get a Mother's Day kind of nod from Bishmi when he calls his mother Um, and yeah yeah so we hear about how his mom inspired him to essentially follow his dreams after um, some devastating rejections from um, Parsons and FIT when he, when he applied for school. So I think he mentioned he didn't go to school for fashion. Wow. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was so quick. That whole segment. I wanted more of that segment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. Like he talks to his mother like his friend, and then that's what he says. Like she's more like my friend, you know. It's really, really interesting. And his mom is really concerned about whether or not the models that they're using have great asses or not. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Mom, mom, yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll make the butts look good for you. Happy Mother's <laughs> Day." <laughs> it was really sweet when Bishmi said, "Oh, my mom and I talk to each other like sisters or something, or like oh, siblings." Oh yeah, yeah, like siblings. Yeah. Yeah. That was really sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really, really sweet interaction. I would love for like, hey, dress your mom episode or something, because we have some designers on this this show. I I would say particularly Tessa, who is constantly talking about her parents. We'd love to see them in real life. Yeah. All right. Back to the workroom. So you can't keep the eliminated designers in the penthouse. They're going back to their plows, aka their scissors. That was really terrible. That was really bad. I liked it. I Did liked you get it. that one? Okay. All right. It's bad. Yeah. Um, I like it. <laughs> we'll see. 
So um, anyway, we have Leela and Renee. And Leela tells Renee that since they're doing assless chaps or semi-assless chaps, they're going to need a man thong. <laughs> and Renee's like, I didn't even know that there was like a man thong. I was like, yeah, just just make a thong. Please, just some, some underwear for your dude. Um, calling back to the concern of Frankie. It's like, since you guys are making these for men with genitals, <laughs> like you have to, you know, put them in that. All right. So moving on to... No, we're going to say... say yeah. This is like another moment where it's not... I don't mean to compare, but I also thought at this time, like, oh, wow, look, male bodies can also be an obstacle, also are a problem. So it was kind of interesting to see that reversed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the same way that, like, oh, look, you know, in past episodes, it's been Tessa complaining, oh, you know, full-figured women have breasts. We have to design for breasts. Whoa. <laughs> and... <laughs> And in this episode, there are male models, and it's true, male models do not work nearly as much as um, female models do, right? Mm-hmm. But still, menswear is actually a very significant business. It's more expensive, even though it's not as, it doesn't have as much volume as women's wear, but it's more expensive than most women's wear. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of lingering on the fact that oh all of a sudden male genitals are are now the obstacle because hmm. Hmm. very few of us do menswear so it was kind of interesting yeah. i was like oh that's too bad yeah very very fascinating right there um all right yeah so let's move into christian time yes so he comes on through and um I well, let's say goes to Sebastian first here. Who? Let's see. How was this interaction with Sebastian? Oh, um, well, at first I was. I think Christian gave Sebastian very good advice. With look at what you could do with the code, all that stitching. Look at like just gave Sebastian advice that was right for mm-hmm. what Sebastian has built so far in this competition yeah. in his rep- in repertoire. Um, and I was really worried about this look when I saw it. I was like, Sebastian, this is not the male version of Victoria's Secret. You know, this is not, you know, pretty boys with wings flouncing around and, and like, so I was really concerned. Yeah, I agree. I mean, cause Again, Sebastian does this thing where when he gets lost, he really gets lost. And it's it's almost like a zero-sum game. And I think with the other – actually, speaking of games, like the other um, uh, the other challenge where he just seemed to, to not really know what was going on was the gaming challenge. But he – again, like I mentioned, he didn't know what he didn't know. He thought he was kind of getting it and was I – I don't know, just kind of – was in that space where he wasn't quite understanding what the challenge was about, but um, it, it didn't really hinder him because he had some grasp on something. Um, and here for, for some reason, I'm just like, where did, where did the seventies angel idea come from? And it's, yeah. and I think with everyone, when they think about going over the top or being extravagant and of course, 
the mannequins that they use at the top of the show are in that room. You can just kind of look over and see all these feathers and you, your mind must jump to wings. And that's, that's huge, right? That's crazy. There are wings over there. Let me, let me do wings. Um, but here's, here's my disappointment with wings hmm. and also my disappointment with um, Hester's rooster idea is that, well, especially the rooster idea at the beginning of the episode in our kind of travel through the looks of Elton John, we've already seen things that looked like that. Yeah. Yeah. So part of me is like, well, you're not supposed to reference the existing looks. You're supposed to be inspired by them, which is, or rather, you're not supposed to be duplicating existing looks. You're supposed to be inspired by them and hopefully building on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know. I mean, well, I think it's, let's, let's move to, to Garo because I, with Garo, so I don't think there are any corsets on any of those mannequins. And of course he's making another corset and, and Christian's like, Oh yeah. You know, it always has a corset and, and talking about making something that hasn't really been seen before or doing something that is original or references something that you've already done. And again, calling back to Christian telling Sebastian's like you do this great top stitching technique. Why don't you just do that? Use your strengths. We have Garo here who is unapologetically and has unapologetically this whole entire competition been, you know, going towards his strengths and using these challenges to basically um, do what he does best, which are these corsets. And yeah. Um, but I also want to point out, this is where we get to find out that Garo has done a lot of performance and stage um, costumes for big names like Nicki Minaj and yeah, Beyonce Madonna. and Beyonce. Yeah. 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 Which I had no idea. Same, same. Um, where is the cut of him going up to Marnie and be like, Hey Marnie, how's it going? Good to see you again. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm like, have you, have you guys crossed paths? And what is, I mean, how does that work? I mean, that it's kind of a, not that they have, you know, they obviously, it's very, very um, uh, given that they do know each other because this is, you know, they live in New York and, and New York, LA, kind of like that. If you're in fashion or especially if you're making costumes, you probably had to coordinate with the, um, with the stylist. So he probably has coordinate with Marnie and some other, you know, capacity. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, because- I'm just guessing. Maybe not. I mean, it's very, it's like, I've never worked as a stylist, but I've mm-hmm. ha- I've had to hire them. And it's very possible that they have never met yeah. because it's very easy for a stylist to say, to go into a store and Garrow's not there and then send an assistant, oh, get me this, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. And they don't, I mean, it's possible. I don't know. Maybe they're best friends. But it's also <laughs> possible that, because I can't imagine Marnie having a lot of time and wanting to hang out. Mm -hmm. um with someone who's not as fabulous as beyonce (laughs) (laughs) because who else would hold marnie's attention span yeah yeah exactly marnie's a very fast thinker i mean anytime she's on the show her eyes are darting around like Mm -hmm. there's an invisible tennis game going on at like high speed so (laughs) i think that it's very likely that they i mean i'm sure 
Marnie knows who Garrow is. Yeah, but I, yeah. It's likely that they've actually never met. I, I mean, I don't know. I also don't know. But I also wouldn't think it's impossible because I actually wonder how many assistants Marnie has. Yeah, exactly. And probably countless, you know, if you're, especially if you're dealing with someone who's as big as, you know, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Madonna, and they're, you know, you're making pieces for productions that have a lot of hands going into it, then I, you know, yeah, I just, just, just saying that, but just maybe, but I, I think it's very interesting that in this moment, I don't even know if Christian Siriano knew about Garo's background when he pulls oh. out the Madonna because Christian seemed a little taken aback. He's like, oh, Madonna. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. And then Garo was like, yeah, and I'm, I've dressed up goats. <laughs> He's like, I've done like Madonna, a goat. And she's like, oh, my God, like Madonna, a goat. You've done it all. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and the human nature, human Madonna's human nature is actually one of, I think I like, that's one of my favorite songs from that particular album. Mm-hmm. I don't, I so don't even, a, it, yeah. so he did he do the video? I have not seen this video. That I don't know, I don't know. I don't or maybe the even tour. remember the video. Huh. I don't know, I don't mm-hmm. know. We need to know more. Um, yeah. Yeah, but we also get a little bit of, more of his pro background beyond the mega stars that he's dressed to hear about the, he had two boutiques in downtown Manhattan um, near a world trade center around um, the nine around nine 11. And he still has one boutique left, but talks about this era of trying to survive after the recession that hit. um, And like what it was like to be down there, what it was like to, um, to just try to like basically just scrape through and, and, and survive. And um, yeah, no, I just thought um, in a way that I, I'm hearing more about Garo and I'm liking him more. Um, I would have. For now, for now, for now, for now, I'll say for now, <laughs> we were kind of building well, up I, to something. <laughs> yeah. And I really appreciated Garo contextualizing the existence of, of the boutique. Um, mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed that moment very much. And it made me think about um, about the fact that, and I don't know if it's just me, I kind of doubt it, but after 9-11, a lot of people left New York. Yeah. A lot of people who I worked with, um, at the time I was employed, uh, I had a corporate job. I mean, I sound like, oh, I was this big VP. No, I was not, but still. <laughs> um, I had a job in a corporation, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people just came back two days later, put in their two weeks notice and said, I don't want to live here. Mm-hmm. This is scary. And I don't want to diss that. And I won't. But there was a, a time when people didn't want to be in New York City because they felt like the city is a target. Mm-hmm. And a lot of creative people during that recession had a lot of difficulty finding work. So a lot of my friends, I always complain about this, that around <clears throat> 9-11 and then even five years later, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of my friends left for Berlin. Hmm. You know, the sort of like first wave, I guess, of making whatever. But what I mean is that there was this depletion. There was also people coming in, but there was this temporary kind of cultural shift that happened after that, that I also imagine did not help um, Garrow and the boutique. And I appreciated mm-hmm. having that context because one thing about the 70s too so this is a show that's 
inspired by a big icon of the 70s, like a mm-hmm. show-stopping icon, like the Beyonce of, of that time, mm-hmm. I think, was Elton John, right? Yep. So, but that time, to me, the 70s are interesting. And I had a, a conversation with Nayland separately a month or, or maybe two months ago about this, where it's the time that we sort of it's it's like pre-aids mm-hmm. but it's also sort of the hyper financialization of our, of our cities kind of globally it's before kind of the kind of capitalism that we have today mm-hmm. i mean it was already in motion but it's before it, it started taking steroids yeah. so yeah. it's sort of this interesting era where there's a lot of suspension um and even the 70s have so much I think 70s fashion it itself reflects all of these transitions where you have, I'm surprised I didn't see any jumpsuits, but you have jumpsuits, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of that, but also kind of peasanty, flowy things and bell-bottomy things, mm-hmm. but also rip up denim and a lot of countercultural emergence. Yeah. Right? Um, and I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent about the 70s, but for me, it was really great to have Garo give some context for his boutique because I think it's sort of having oh I, I'm doing a stage a stage outfit for a big icon of a pre-financialization era, mm-hmm. but his existence as a business is totally affected by the post-financialization era. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I think I'll. <laughs> enough blabbing about that no no it's a really interesting point because i think with garo in particular because his experience is so rich and deep and you know all these all of these designers have 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 very um interesting backgrounds and i think in particular especially because garo is also based in new york where we both live (laughs) but um it it I just had the thought while you were speaking that we've been getting these flashbacks from the seventies, from the eighties and have kind of been moving forward. And I was, I think that this flashback to nine 11 in this area is probably the most recent flashback we've had for Garo. And it makes me think of how, um, you know, it sort of has, it, it was an important thing to hear. It kind of sets the stage for how, he must be must have been like running his business or even his mindset and remember that conversation with with Garo and Sonia and Jamal when they talk about their beginning days like how they got into doing their business and from Garo there does seem to be a like a like a before and after point um of just when it was kind of maybe not necessarily all the way frivolous but you know, even with his background with working with the um, the dominatrix house and where the corsetry comes from and all of these, you know, crazy stories that he has that must, to me, I, I just all assume that they were pre-9-11 stories. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's, I, I thought it was very, very interesting to, to kind of see um, sort of the beginnings of another type of struggle and um how that might be influencing his character and his business and how he kind of you know sort of runs things now um okay so enough about garo (laughs) 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 oh my god we're still a christian in the house so yeah um okay so moving on to Vinny, and um 
I just want to point out here that that Christian says nothing about the coloring when it comes to Vinny. So so Vinny is on Nalen's bracket. Um, but even so, for some reason, I, I'm constantly worried about Vinny, um, who when he says bedazzle, I just don't think it's a good thing with other people like with if Hester or. I don't know who else is like maybe like even Jamal like, if they're just like oh my god rhinestones bedazzle for for some reason with mm-hmm. Vinny I'm like oh no I don't think I trust you yes. so yes. he mentions a bell-bottom train and we have seen this before on the show I can't recall the exact memory or the exact moment but we have seen the bell-bottom with trains and it was a disaster Vinny did not see that episode of Project Runway and I kind of knew from the very beginning, if Christian doesn't call this out, then Vinny's going to do it. And it's going to be, it's going to be awful. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, ready for Jamal? Jamal's on your bracket, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you notice that he's already onto fabric? Yeah. It's great. It's great. I was very confused at this moment because I'm thinking, is this a gown? Like, I know. why is this a gown? <laughs> so I was confused by that. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. I was actually happy. Okay. At this point, I was thinking, wait, is this too futuristic for the challenge? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of, because a, a, a 70s imagination of the future is very different than what we now imagine the future. Right. So right. I was really riveted by that but also thinking I hope this is not what disqualifies Jamal (laughs) yeah I thought in a way just as Christian went in and saved Sebastian I think a little bit like gave him some direction I think when he went to Jamal he encouraged the what, what was happening there with the the draping and the fabrication and the shape he's like keep this shape but you know Elton John you know you know the suits are gonna have like more like a British tailoring so, so think yeah. about that. And I thought that was such a good note to put in there for Jamal to kind of make right. this a little bit more of a practical idea. Like you're putting a person into it and you also have to challenge the energy of this real person who's on earth. <laughs> right. Right. British tailoring, not mm-hmm. princess fantasy. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, but also there's a little bit of mess drama when, when Kristen leaves because he's like, okay, so what are your plans moving forward? He's like, well, there's this mesh top, mesh, 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 mesh. We're going to put it underneath. And he's like, okay, great. Sounds wonderful. Perfect. Mesh top. Christian leaves and uh, <laughs> Jamal continues the two themes he has going on. So there's a theme with Jamal that I'm always going to point out is uh Oh my God, I destroyed my piece with this iron. And then the other set is, where's my mesh? He's constantly looking for mesh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) My God. So, so we don't really have more of Christian time. We just kind of go into a little bit of this interaction between the, the designers before the models come back in. Um, so that was a part of, of the mesh drama, but we also have, um, more Garo and Sonia. They are building a gigantic collar and we have yeah. Sonia who's chiming and chiming and chiming. Yeah. 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 Getting on Garo's nerves. Yes. Um, also, uh, I have to say that, 
um, we also, I mean, in a way, <laughs> um, I, I was questioning the whole time about Garo's communication skills with Sonia. And from this moment thinking, okay, how could we kind of stop this in our tracks? Or is it worth it? Because this is just a two day challenge. It's not a big deal. Um, there's, he still, still has the most of the control over this or mentally feels like he has all the control and just kind of has to deal and, you know, kind of just move on. But could there have been like a little sit down, like, Hey, Sonia, love your input. It would be more helpful if you did blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, yes. So I think that's been a rational thing to do. Yes. Does not happen. No. Um, we also have Hester and COVID and Kel Surprise. COVID's not done with the jacket that Hester said that he would do. Because when when Hester at the beginning, Hester at the beginning of this is basically giving COVID a very important garment to make a jacket. And for some reason, she can design the rest of her garment until he finishes this jacket. Mm. And I'm just like, well, OK, why? Um yeah. It, it just really doesn't make any sense. Do you know? Do you did, do you remember what COVID got eliminated on? It was this I know poorly made duster, right, right. And I mean, I don't know the reasoning for that. I, I and, and again, not sewing, not having experience in this world, I don't know how to anticipate what the reasoning would have been for that. Right. So, but but that left me worried for both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. But Hester has immunity. But um, still, just like, oh, man, that was not a good that was just not a good move for you to do that. Um, yeah. All right. So the models lump back in. <laughs> and Tessa, who at first was really hesitant about this challenge, is she's just like, oh, my God, there's just something in the air. And now I'm just ex- I'm just inspired. I just like I love sparkles. I'm so happy. Like, just. I don't know what it is. Like, I just really have something about this challenge. This is great. Yeah. The male gaze just perks me right up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe that's what it is. (laughs) I feel so seen. Male eyes, male hands, male pecs, male abs, male asses, male, you know, quads, male calves, male feet, male toes. Like, just all of it. Just like male breath. You know, the CO2 they're putting in the air. And camel. And And camel and wool. (laughs) And cream wool. (laughs) See, she's stepping outside the box with some sparkles. (laughs) On top of beige. On top of beige. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Leela's model is tatted up. And I only mention this because she's putting him in this fabric that's kind of translucent. Um, but also drapes onto him the jacket that she's made that makes him look like an old timey priest to me or like a Texan cult leader or someone that Vinny would hang out with. Like it just looks yes. really kind of weirdly pious and it fits it. I mean, the, the fit, it's, it's so awful. It's really off. It's so well, big on him. This is, you know, a BVM blue, which is blessed Virgin Mary Vatican blue. You know, there's no doubt. Or what somebody might might call like francophone blue. You no, know, the royal fleur de lis blue. Oh, but wow. it is just, I totally get what you're saying. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, anything else with this model fitting that stood out to you? Um, not really. I was very excited by what Bishmi was doing. Um, no, no. And I, I was sort of amused that Sebastian was distracted by the hair of one of the models or something. But no, it seemed to all be going. I mean, I remember being like, oh, Hester's model is just standing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think we leave. With, I mean, we end the model fitting with a shot of Hester essentially making the jacket. She's finishing up the jacket that that COVID was supposed yeah. to finish. I'm like, yeah. yeah, no, Hester. I, I guess no one really is paying attention to what other people are doing. And that's reasonable, not knowing that or not remembering that you didn't see COVID tailor anything or you didn't see COVID make anything that resembled a well-made coat or jacket, you know, and thinking that your fellow designer ought to be able to do this Um, because we don't really get to see a lot from Tessa and Frankie. There there is this one wonderful scene where, uh, Frankie comes in and makes a suggestion. She's like, yeah, I think this needs to be taken a little bit more. And then Tess is like, okay, yeah, go do that. And she just does it. Yeah. Just does yeah, it. that was good. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So when the models leave, they only have until midnight that night. And um, Christian goes, guys, after tomorrow, only seven, only seven of you all will be able to say, I'm still standing. And it goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still standing. Yeah. But no one, I feel like it just, it didn't land very well. Everyone was like, um, okay. Knew. We already know. It. <laughs> I was like, sorry, Christian, Dory, but I don't know what you're talking about. And where's that, where's that fantastic bomber jacket you always wear? I know. It's like, oh, that's what I, that's what I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so happy I mean I don't think I've seen Christian as happy since winning Project Runway I know it's like... <laughs> <laughs> like he flashes this smile that's like this is my happiness and, and everyone's like what <laughs> it's like guys I'm still standing the song? no and then we have just Jamal over there as like Candy who is just like uh I'm just I'm just so spaced out right now. I just, I don't really know. I'm just like, you know, I'm so young. I'm just over here as candy. <laughs> I'm enmeshed in my youth right now. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So Christian leaves us and we, we just have a lot of tailoring, a lot of like finishing. And I think the main point of the day is that Leela is in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's running around. That's not good. Yeah. Um, back to the penthouse for a moment. Just because we have a little bit of Garo bitching about Sonia. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. It's escalating, guys. It is escalating. Um, But let's fast forward to the day of the runway. And... I don't know if you noticed a timestamp on this. No. But they got, they got into the workroom at 5 a.m. Wow. They were opening the door. It was 5 a.m. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. 
I always wonder about the timing because for instance, um, I think it was on the game episode. There's a shot of Rakan sleeping in until 1030 AM. So some of these days they're letting them sleep in. And then some of the days they're just just getting off at the crack of dawn. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a feeling that the runway is in at 9 AM, but since they're, this is an extravagant runway. um, And perhaps because of the demands of some of the judges, they need to get this show on the road early. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So the designers are running around and uh, Leela's wearing some Elton John-esque shades that I just thought were really amazing. I thought they were really cute and very apropos. Yeah. Um, but I was like, don't try it. <laughs> don't do that thing. The pastor's been doing all season, which is dressing for the challenge. <laughs> this is the one time, Patricia, that Leela is just like, oh, my God, I have something. My dad gave these to me because he used to wear this when he was pretending to be like Elton John growing up. Um, and they're mine now. And so it's like a tribute to my dad and the career that he wanted to have that I have. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't understand why Layla is in the workroom wearing a trench coat. Oh, man. Yeah. Isn't it like a, um, like a plaid or a herringbone type deal going on? Herring? No, plaid. plaid. It was plaid. Yeah. I thought that was also her nod to, to Britain because it was kind of like a Burberry-esque coat. Like she was yeah. just going for like a British Elton John vibe. Yeah. 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 She should- with that trench coat on the model. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, such a good suggestion. He would fit into that. Um, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, we have some more moments between Garo and Sonia that I think are important to kind of point out because Sonia goes, "Oh my god, do you think that this thing here is a little too Elvis?" And Garo's like, "Uh, no. I mean." I know Elton John. We're like, one more thing, girl? Seriously? I'm just No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say it. But I wouldn't put it past him to be like, excuse me, I actually know Elton John. And then he's like, well, no, Elton John loves Elvis. So he was kind of inspired by Elvis. And I think it's fine if, it, if it's too Elvis. That's, that's actually a good thing. She's like, okay. All right, Garo. Um, and it's so funny because I think we also have not really talked about Nadine throughout, throughout this. <laughs> Um, again, we're calling the, the title of Bravo's title for the show, which is the stitches back. And, um, it could have been referring to Sonia or to Nadine, but, um, I, I think in terms of Nadine and Vinny's re, um, interaction, um, I think Vinny was, was pretty, I think his strategy with dealing with Nadine's energy, which is very grumpy, passive aggressive, um, was to be very lighthearted and um, to just kind of like nod and move on pretty yeah. much kind of worked. And then we have Garo, who's sort of doing the same thing with Sonia. Um, but I think, OK, well, we will. I'll just I'll just put that out there because, as you know, we'll we'll, we'll come to that later. Um, only because. Think- yeah, go ahead. I think there are different dynamics, too, because Nadine is more along the lines of, okay, I'm back. I'm happy to see these people. I don't need to be here. But this challenge is not what I do. 
right? Right, right. So I think Nadine is reacting once again to not having the flexibility to sort of adapt to the demands of a challenge at this particular point. But then with Garo and Sonia, I think they have a different dynamic because they are the two most experienced. Mm. They're probably, and I think Sonia having just been eliminated for making something that was probably the more well-made thing that she's made, I think that Sonia's loss is more freshly felt and probably Mm. feeling like, okay, so now I'm back to help somebody else who is as good as me or better or in the same level as me. Right, right. So I think there's different levels of resentment going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and it's I think that's good to point out because I feel as if the lo- like Sonia's level of resentment has been slowly increasing throughout the episode. And especially from the preview from last week when we saw the preview preview for this episode and they highlighted the Sonia Garo drama. When mm-hmm. Garo chooses Sonia first, I was really shocked that she w- she was genuinely happy to have been chosen and to be working with Garo. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's good to point that out because it didn't start off this way. The dynamic was very, um, again, very collaborative and congenial. And then we have this thing happening slowly within Sonia. I kind of wonder if it happened at the end of the day when they realized that they weren't going to sleep in the penthouse, that they had like different hotel rooms for them. It's like, oh, no, no, no. You guys aren't on the show anymore. You guys are still eliminated designers. We're going to treat you like eliminated designers. Here's your metro card. Bye. <laughs> yeah, like here's here's a go find an apartment with a friend. <laughs> so, you're on your own, guys. Um. Anyway, so we have that going on. We have we have an iron accident with Leela where um, I kind of blame Jamal for this for no reason. There is no proof that Jamal is the person who ironed his interfacing incorrectly. It's not as not not possibly not Jamal, maybe Candy. But, (laughs) you know, perhaps anyway, but. Um, she pretty much there's some like glue probably from interfacing which Kavanaugh brings up and I and you know that's rude to to do that it's just very very rude um, yeah. but at the last minute she decides to cover it up with a boa with a feather boa and uh, it's a last minute quote unquote trick of the trade so we'll see how that serves her not well not well so um christian comes in the models kind of come in and um we have our moment before the runway hair and makeup and yeah any anything to say about this time before we head officially to the runway no no i'm ready for runway (laughs) all right yeah let's get to it let's get to these pieces oh my goodness um i have to say one of my favorite Runway is so highly anticipated and we're going to, I'm going to prompt you listeners to click in your podcast notes to get to our, um, to this week's cheat sheet. This is the title of this episode and it's called bedazzled boots and assless suits. Um, (laughs) Patricia, do you know this reference? (laughs) I, I do not. It's probably, I would guess it's from Kinky Boots, but probably not. No, I'll just sing it. It's from Bedazzled Boots 
and I for suits. So from Benny and the Jets, from the lyric, um, she's got electric boots and mohair suit. You know I read it in a magazine. It's fine. That song's been on nonstop in my apartment. So you're welcome, listeners. (laughs) I never knew it. No, I do. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite songs. Anyway, so yes. So let's get to this runway. And um, it's a very special one because we get to um, be graced by the presence of Julian Day. Again, I just feel like this season has been killing it with giving us relevant judges. We really, really have been wanting this um, for some time. But Julian Day visits us again. And to remind you all, he is the costume designer for Rocket Man, um, the movie uh, about Elton John and the reason behind this entire challenge. So, so appropriate. And then we have our, our regular judges. We have Nina Garcia, Elaine Welteroth, we have Brandon Maxwell, and then we have Carly Kloss in bell bottoms, back from her mm-hmm. wedding. <laughs> glitter, glitter, glitter bell bottoms. <laughs> bell bottoms. Yeah. Um, she's she's really into this hair whipping thing. Um, she did it. She's done it quite a few times. She's like, look at my ponytail, and like whip, whipping it around. Um. So she comes on out with her bell bottoms and her um, bedazzled choker. And um, let's get to this runway. Let's start. Okay. So our first is Bishmi. And this, again, denim inspired by um, some, um, I guess that's why they call it the blues, which is a pretty kind of like a sad song. And I think with the denim being the inspiration for it and to come up with something that, again, and and I guess why they call it the blues is a song, I think it's from the 80s. It's a more contemporary, relatively a more contemporary song. This is very, to me, very 70s with the high-waistedness of it. Very um, kind of like, you know, early arena Elton. But yes. I really thought so genius with this T-shirt having it just kind of more about that tell me why you love the genius t-shirt okay because first of all i'm so glad that he didn't do what he mainly wanted to do which was like do some nipple grips i think a la hester yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so the compromise yeah no no absolutely please don't do that but in a way of putting that along with the bedazzled um you know overall straps here it kind of mirrors what the bikini is doing. And I thought it was just so well done. I thought it was really, really well done. And um, yeah, I just kind of like the, the color concept of it all. It was quite simple and, but really let those crazy sleeves do the thing. I wish that the, the, the model had kept the jacket on because you'll see on the cheat sheet, the model took the jacket off. So you don't really see it. He's just holding in his hands. Um, I'm like, all you had to do was really just open up that front of the shirt, I mean, front of the jacket and just leave it on because that jacket is, I thought was magnificent. That's great. But then you would not see the high waisted as well. Right, right. I I would have, I think I would have probably sacrificed it because I know he, he definitely wanted you to see the, you know, the overall and he bedazzled the, the shit out of the back of that thing. 
Um, yeah. You had to see all that work. I thought it was, I think, I think it was, was great, but I just would have loved for my pictures to be able to see those sleeves. I just loved it. But what did you think? You weren't so keen on the shirt. No, I really liked it. Oh, okay. uh, I regret it. I, oh, I liked it a lot. And I thought it was a great look and great for Bishmi. So mm-hmm. two things in one. Also, I really resented that the, the editorial team spent more time on the model's bottom than on the um, bedazzling of the pants. Oh, yeah, I know. Because I wanted to see more of, I wanted to see that up close. Um, but what I think is so genius about the t-shirt is that for eras like the 70s and the 80s um, in queer culture, I thought this was really genius. And I don't even know what Bishmi's orientation is. I don't care. But this was genius for me because it's the kind of outfit that you could wear. I mean, without the jacket, just imagine it without the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> the jacket is kind of a, a dead giveaway. But well, the whole thing is a dead giveaway. But with a t-shirt like that, if you're a gay guy, a bi guy, a queer guy, you walk around that and a, and, and a queer person will understand how kitschy that mm. t-shirt is and love it. Um, or campy, rather, that yeah. how campy that shirt is and love it. Whereas a straight guy may not get it, but maybe like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> and, and maybe leave you alone. So in a way, it's this kind of super fabulous kind of attempt at hiding in plain sight that I love. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, which probably... Anyway, so I thought that was really great. So it's, it doesn't really, like, challenge you know, the straight male gaze, but it <laughs> totally does in concealed ways. And I totally love it for that reason. And yeah. I wish Nilan was here to disagree with me and, and be like, well, Patricia, actually that happened in this era. And <laughs> yeah, Nilan, we need, we need your history about, about the, the, the t-shirt just, just all the time. Yeah. This, yeah. the cut of the sleeve, the angle <laughs> on the bottom. Like I, I feel like there is like a narrative and a story and a context around that, that only Nealon can provide. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But that's why I loved it. You know, what, yeah. I, what I'm projecting onto it is love. <laughs> I love the I idea mean, that. Yeah. And, and, you know, we also kind of talk about how, I mean, I think almost everyone did bell bottoms except for Jamal. Um, and, but what I loved about this from behind, when you're talking about this, like, uh, like, you know, this kind of, you know, is like, like just this, or like, don't, it doesn't really matter about orientation, but I feel like that was also part of the seventies as well. And again, like thinking about these bands that, um, you know, my parents loved, or even thinking about Prince and, uh, you know, all, all these people that, um, you know, the, of the baby boomer generation, um, seeing what they wore on stage is just amazing. Like it just didn't freaking matter. And um, when he like is behind that scrim with that jacket on and the silhouette with the bell bottoms and with the, like the very, like almost like the pimpish nature of the, of the jacket, you know, I'm just like, and also I, I, I commend Bishmi for using feathers with restraint. So in talking with about Vinny, um, his issue with like, oh, no, I need to like, you know, not be restrained in this. I think this is, is it ironic? Is ironically restrained in a way with even the use of the feathers with the bedazzled gems and the jewels and, and the rhinestones all over the place because he didn't use just straight up feathers. He made feathers out of something else really extravagant that if 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 this person were on stage, 
you could see the feathers from the back of the arena because the light's shining on him and it's just flashing. It's just flashing everybody. And that's what I really loved about this suit because I think the only only actual feather is in the cap, in, in the hat that Bishmi also made. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I would like to think that he made that hat actually. I think he made that hat. It was well done. The whole thing, so well conceived, so well good. executed. I was really happy to see Bishmi do something really outside of the zone yeah. that Bishmi operates in. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it, Bishmi. Well done. Um, all right, and also on your bracket, I have to just kind of point that out. Bishmi's on your your bracket. Yeah, I was really happy with my bracket. Yeah. This episode, of course, sadly. Oh wait. Renee was. I keep thinking Renee. No, <laughs> Renee's not here anymore. <laughs> My whole bracket was reunited. Rakan was with Jamal, and oh yeah, I had a really great bracket episode. Had a really good bracket episode. Oh my gosh, I love Rakan. I miss him. Um, yeah. Okay. So next, next, let's move on to Tessa. Yeah. Um. So so Tessa working in her usual palette. Um. Again, putting herself a little bit into it with the beige and the browns and these earth tones um, going fringe here. And on the cheat sheet, you can see the model kind of um, whips up um, his right arm. And you can see some of the fringe there, but it's kind of like a sad way. It's like, oh God, it is a minimalist way of fringing anything because mm. there's no effect. <laughs> There's no effect here. He raises up his arm and then you're supposed to, what would be nice is like to see this downpouring of something here. I would have wanted some feathers. I would have wanted something a little bit longer, but um, what you see essentially are these bell sleeves that look very unfinished to me and just big and kind of out of proportion to everything. He's wearing a crop top that makes no sense at all. And um, the fabrication of this crop top to me, uh, I don't know. It just kind of was like a failed version of a lot of things that Tessa's made. Like that crop top to me reminds me of the really amazing Miller's Daughter outfit she made for the gaming episode. Yeah. And um, even the colors, like I love the color palette, but I just, I just was like, damn it. Come on, Tessa. What'd you think about it? I I wasn't excited about it at all, but I could see this being uh, appropriate not for stage but for um like a live performance on a daytime or a morning tv show oh yeah on on good morning america elton john will be playing piano for i don't know what (laughs) well which happens right stars have to do these kind of promotional gigs and that's cool that's fine so i saw it really this color palette for me kind of worked for something that needed some level of showmanship, but close relationships to camera, close proximity to camera angles and lens, right? Um, hmm. But for a stage, it has no presence, no wow factor. Yeah. I mean, and you can see that, and I'll just sort of like uh, fast forward a little bit to what the judges say about this is like the fit is really weird. And um, in terms of the stage presence, um, uh, Julian Day, I want to keep calling him Daniel. Julian Day points out, well, you know, you know, Elton wouldn't um, perform in this, but he'd go for a coffee in this. This is what he would wear to get some tea. And it's like, yeah, Elton John will wear this to brunch. <laughs> he 
you wouldn't. In the 70s or the 80s, he would wear this to brunch. He would wear this to like to get a sandwich, you know, go to the cart outside and pick up something and go back in and he'll, and he'll put on his real stage outfit for the night. Um, because you can see the, the, the model when he's spreading his legs open, like the crotch is crazy and, um, the collar is, is really cool, but it's just not something that you would want to see setting up. Yeah. No. All right. Oh my God. Okay. Next we have, we have, we have Vinny. Oh man, Vinny cracks me up. Um, so Vinny, hi. You know, I really, I think I adore Vinny because he's so earnest, and um, and the 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 piece comes out, and he's so proud. He's like, "Oh, this is mine." And I'm like, Vinny, if you had any idea, you'd be like, mm, "That must be someone else's suit." But he's like, "No, guys, it's mine. Mine's next. Mine's next." Jesus. So then he comes out. And um, uh, with the with the trains on the bell bottoms. So these are also bell bottoms. You can't really tell because of the train. And, and that's actually a bad thing here. I would have liked to have had a very distinct bell bottom silhouette. But um, what, 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 are your, what are your thoughts on this one? After the many floor sweepers we've had on the show, I'm surprised he didn't learn that lesson. They've all gone home. Oh, man. Uh, And then what do you feel about like the reveal? So on the cheat sheet, listeners, um, the jacket, it's it's the opposite of Bishmi. It's like with Bishmi, I would have liked the jacket. And with Vinny, I would have liked the jacket off. I just although the whole outfit to me is awful, but the 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 model has a reveal. So there's something underneath the jacket as well. In this very flimsy looking um, glitter elf glitter fabric. Um, I just wasn't into it. Yeah, no, it's. I don't think, think those textures work well together. Did you? Did you think the textures worked well together? No, no. Um, in a weird way, Vinny's model looked like Santa and Liberace <laughs> decided oh, to kind of like they became oh. friends. And then decided to just like, you know, borrow some dude off the street and dress him up in their clothes. I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah. it's so bad. I, you know what? I forgot. I'm so glad you brought up Liberace because as a reference for this kind of um, world, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of them are so important. There's so many important people to think about. And again, like, I want to know who Vinny is friends with. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what he knows um, yeah. because this, this is him going all out. This is him embracing the, the spirit of the challenge as best as he could. And with his understanding of Elton John and uh, it just looks, Oh man, it's just so clueless. Yeah. Um, talking about clueless. Next we have Hester and her glam rock rooster. Um, I love the photo AKA, for the cheat sheet. Go ahead, go ahead. AKA Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Dinner on the runway. 
dinner on the runway. I mean, it's just like, it's so ridiculous. And she knows it too. She's like, it's hilariously kind of awful. Um, at least she made herself laugh. And also, again, she has immunity. But I'm worried. She's on my bracket. And this is what you do with the last immunity. Mm-hmm. So COVID yeah. did not do the jacket justice. Um, but this model is doing the best he can with the glitter on his chest and um, the feathers in his hat and the cropped bell-bottom pants. Oh, my God. I Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have anything to say about it. Other than it's yeah. Not, I, I also favorite. don't. Yeah, but she gave him rainbow bright hair, I think. I think that's what she did. Um, You can't really, I think you can sort of see it, but I have in my notes here that his hair looked like it was multicolored. Like, even with this model, Hester managed to put herself in there somehow by coloring his hair. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I thought the pant was the wrong height. Like, there was so much that was not working. Yeah, I think for another challenge, it would have been really funny. I thought, to me, the crop was, I didn't mind the crop so much. It seemed funny, but it didn't go far enough. It just wasn't enough. And and for Hester, I expected a lot more from her, especially um, for someone who not only is like a fashion and a performance icon, but is someone who is just about, I don't know, I just, I was like, you're always borderline costuming. And I think the people on this show, I mean, not the people, the only other person who's who could really get costuming and did it well was Garo. And I'm like, you're the other person. Like, come on, embrace the costume. And she did not. I mean, she did in her way. She did it enough, but not not the way that I expected her to. Yeah, same. same. Yeah. All right. So next we have Sebastian Gray. Yeah. And. uh we have uh, this guy who sort of looks like a, a larger version of Pharrell um, mm. dressed up in like, you know, like a sporty angel outfit, <laughs> you know, like he's going to the gym with his arm wings. And I thought the wings actually looked pretty cool. <laughs> I thought it was fine, but it was sort of like Victoria's Secret does menswear. Yeah. I, I thought, which is really boring to me. So I, this is probably the least favorite thing. Okay. So the, the, what Sebastian have, has done that I, that I would rate not good would be the leaf dress, which was disappointing. Mm -hmm. Um, the unconventional materials, materials challenge and this, they're both on the same level to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, the the wings, um, so they I think they, they start off as like arm muffs or whatever, and he kind of like raises up his arms, and then they kind of become something else. And I love that because, I don't know, they're just, they seem to be kind of at least sort of well-made and well-draped, I, I guess. It just, the structure of them... I, I would say the integrity of the, of the structure was really satisfying to me, but mostly because the rest of the outfit just sort of looks like, in a way, it looked like this person could be entering like a fighting ring. Maybe that would be a little bit more appropriate, like some type of like MMA character. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, But definitely not Elton John, definitely not for the stage and not a performer. 
Yeah, and I think this would have been great for the gaming challenge. <gasps> for the video game challenge. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it I have been like, you know. Yeah. No, that that would have been actually really appropriate. Because you can spin a you can spin a story about this. You can really spin a story yeah. about this person. Easily. Um, yeah. Okay, next is your bracket member, Jamal. And my favorite look on the full runway. Mine too. I my mouth drops. Hey. Yeah, do I, w what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> so, I just really liked it. I thought it what I loved is how um Jamal cut this little area for the model's hair to come out of and I thought I know that seems like well duh of course they would do that but somebody else would have made that cap for Elton John like oh no Elton John does not wear ponytails so this cannot but but Jamal adapts this to the, to the body that he's working with and I really like that I thought it was well made it was the most contemporary looking which kind of made me wonder does this fit the challenge criteria because they were specific if Elton John had come to you in the 70s and 80s to make a stage costume what would you do so part of me wondered does this I was worried that this mm -hmm. would be not quite right for the challenge but I but I liked it the best I thought it was the the most um, well-conceived idea and and integration of somebody's style mm -hmm. with somebody's persona with the performer's persona I totally and i found agree. it very successful yeah i because i think that jamal did something with his challenge that would have been typical with a project runway challenge that asks you to be inspired by something that is retro because you you can easily say that some i mean some of the bad ones are very dated but they kind of asked them to be dated they or i would say they gave them permission to to make dated outfits and so jamal I think took the challenge one step further and doing something that I think is more interesting and made this an actual, because to me, when it came out, I was like, Oh my God, this is a runway. <laughs> so, this is now a runway. And it's, it's not just a challenge. And it also recalled to me, to, to my mind, Jamal's um, these flashbacks that we've been getting of Jamal's uh, recent shows at, at, at fashion week. And I would say out of everything, this is the one it to me it did it's it's very very similar silhouette to what he's been working with with his um you know quilted puffer jacket motif but for for me oh. this one is like oh my god this is sort of like a graduation this is sort of like the next step to what that collection that we've been seeing could look like instead of him referencing and adding to it like this looks like the next one and and also yeah why can't we have the designers think about and this is what Jamal did. Think about what if Elton John came to me today? Let's say Elton John right. was still in his 20s yeah. and still in his 30s back, you know, when he was in like yeah. the 70s and 80s, but came to me today. And I understand that they had to, I don't think they could put that stipulation of contemporary thinking because of the movie that we're all, that this is kind of like a giant advertisement for because a movie takes place right. in the 70s and 80s. But I, I totally agree. For some reason, I was like, I'm not, I wasn't worried because I thought this is, this is just a wonderful take that only Jamal took. 
And I think within the confines of Project Runway, this is what they would have been asked to do typically if we didn't have this movie to, to design for. And I love it. I loved it. I just loved it. I loved it the way I loved. I thought Bishmi and Jamal at this moment, I'm just like, holy crap. Like they're just, this is yeah. amazing. This is what we need to see. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next we have Leela. Okay. Eh. She's on my bracket. I didn't like it. I thought <laughs> it was so weird. And just like, oh, I don't know. It just looked like, sorry I understand like the Texan references with the fringe and the stars on the back and what she was trying to do but I just thought what I know that the I know the judges would have seen that white mark on the collar I just yeah. thought the boa was such a mistake it didn't add it didn't take away it wouldn't have saved her but mm-hmm. I think it really added this off feeling to it because just the white I think was not that's I'm sorry that's a very important color when you're oh god when you're going up against Venny um who has a red white and blue motif as well it just it just was like I don't know I just thought it was such a terrible and and ill-conceived move to put that on at the very last minute just to cover up yeah some you know interfacing glue on the back I just, I was so disappointed in this. And also why so much blue fringe and why so little red fringe? Just a thing. Just, just, whatever. It's fine. We, I, don't, we don't. I think, yeah, I don't know what happened. It, you know, it, it, Layla's from Texas. You know, one of the most famous costume designers in the world are based in Texas. The mm. nudie team. They dressed Elvis. They have dressed everybody in country music they have dressed beyonce they have dressed so many people and they do fringe yes right so i look at this and I'm like wow with all your reference rich references from all of that you come away with like vatican blue and i sort of don't get it not sort of i definitely don't get it <laughs> yeah yeah and i I, th- I think we need to put the kibosh on this blue just don't do it not that it's the main mm. problem, but I feel like, yeah, no, there's just, there's just something about this color is becoming so basic and, um, and unremarkable. And I think, yeah, I, I think, I don't, I don't know. There's nothing else to add to what you said, but that. So. I wonder, I wonder if, if Mo just has lengths of this miles of this color on sale and they're oh like, okay, you know, I can get that for my budget. Yeah. But it's also. I liked what Carly actually said about this. It's held together by a glue gun, a couple of pins, and a prayer. Oh, my God. Okay, so we didn't mention that. So he's wearing semi-assless chaps, which is kind of where the title for this episode comes from. Because, And I guess we can talk about it now a little bit with this particular outfit. Um, when, Because, um, spoiler alert, this is on the bottom. <laughs> is it a spoiler? But... Um, yeah, so it, when he takes the jacket off, there is this really interesting, there, there are these interesting moments of, of transparency and kind of calls back to the pants that Hester made more successfully for her model during the gaming um, challenge. But um, he's very exposed. He's very exposed in his pants. And um, during the pawing session, he's he takes the jacket off and that's when Elaine is like, oh my God, this is held together with like, a spit and a prayer 
And Julian Day so Britishly goes, um, would you mind putting your jacket back on? Because the dude's naked. They're just like, and Brandon's like, I don't know you, but I know you because I've seen you. I don't know what they're able to see with these semi-assless chaps, but it's and it's an inappropriate amount um, of of stuff going on in there. And for something that's so ill-fitted, that you have to be very careful about um, making chaps. Who would have, who would have thunk? I, yeah, I, I had a different idea. I, would, I, I, I remember Brandon saying something along the lines of, oh, this cut on these pants are too risque for the model. Um, but I thought the model had some kind of underwear beneath it, some kind of undergarment beneath yeah. it. So I didn't really understand what the big deal was because, and especially when we're used to seeing, like, again, you know, to quote Sebastian from two episodes episodes ago, boobs on the runway. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't really understand like what the big deal was. I was sort of like, okay, so you can see a little bit more than we used to, but it's not. I mean, I don't think they were well made. I think there was a lot of problems, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it was risque for the model. Well, I think they tried to. I don't think he had anything on. So if you kind of like zoom in on the cheat sheet, um, you can see. Oh. Um, what his shirt is is actually like a bodysuit and it's kind of piped on the ends. And from far away, uh, I thought that was a thong that Renee was supposed to make, but I don't think it was a thong. I think it was just a very loose fitting bodysuit. And so I don't think he has a lot of coverage down there. And I'm just assuming when they're during during the paw session that they could just see down his pants where those where the holes yeah. are. Like there's nothing there. There's not even like mesh or any type of like plasticky yeah. kind of um uh what, what would you call that i don't know like i don't even know nylon i don't know something like something covering there it's just it's just open it's just out um and because the pants are not well fitted they're not well made um yeah. you know there's just he's just like exposed down there um and you wouldn't you wouldn't see it on the runway but you would definitely see on the paw paw session um okay. yeah that's just what i understood uh, okay, so next we have the finale, and you could kind of tell it was a finale from the runway because there's this pause, and then out comes girls' model. Yes, out comes the big collar. <laughs> uh, Kellen is the model's name, and Kellen ends the show in a Garo corset, and the judges are immediately are like, we know who this is. This is girl. Look at that corset. Oh, my God. Look. Yeah. This is amazing. Love the collar. I, mean, I loved it. It's okay. <laughs> I loved it. It's good. I... So you weren't too into this, Patricia? <laughs> um, I think it was very well made. I don't I don't understand why the sleeves had to be those proportions. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's my my criticism of this look is that um this is already something. It, it already looks like something that um, Elton John has worn. Yeah, it looks like something that every member of Earth, Wind, and Fire has worn. <laughs> yeah, that too. You know, so of course I it sort of feel very <laughs> unexcited by it, even though I'm like it's exquisitely made. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. But the, the sort of like Star Trek collar and, and space sleeve things. Um. I don't know. I, I I think did he deserve to win? Sure. 
absolutely. <laughs> but it, I didn't think it was sort of as visionary as it could have been. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, and that's, I, I mean, I am partial to Jamal in this in this regard. Because mm. for me, this came out and it was like, it's, it's, it, it is amazing that these people are able to make such amazing things in just two days and not yeah. even a full two yeah. days. You know, they've got to go shopping and they've got to like talk to their helper and they've got to go to sleep. You have to eat, yeah. you know, they, you know, but I thought the proportions of this, because there is, um, you know, you, from the cheat sheet, you can't really see the um the fact of the sleeves but there's this crazy alien uh i don't know it to me it just conjures alien <laughs> and um yeah. just how the how the silver and the black and the white kind of all play together i just thought all of it was just really really um really wonderful and kind of kind of amazing but in terms of just a feat of of construction um, yeah. was just absolutely dazzling. And I think it was a yeah. wonderful end to the entire runway where we were seeing things that had been I, like up and down. But I, I mean, all everyone, I just kind of, I I didn't hate anyone's outfit except for Vinny's and Leela's. But yes. I don't know. I just thought, what a way to end with this. But I totally agree with you. It has been done. Those boots have been done. That collar has been done. <laughs> Girl has done that corset. Girl has done that corset. He's never and that's fine. Stop. It is, and that's fine. It's appropriate for the challenge. Mm -hmm. I think that corset was exquisitely made for this. Like it was well crafted, but I sort of thought, what are we seeing that's new? This is already some. Like it just doesn't mm -hmm. seem like something. Of course, it seems it seems like something that Elton John has already worn and got mm -hmm. sick of, rather mm -hmm. than something to be excited to wear. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just the confines of this challenge. Just, you know, go back to the 70s, guys. And they're just like, yes, 70s, yeah. 1976. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the end of the runway officially. And just wanted to point out that once they were all done, Julian Day, the costume designer for Rocketman, gives the designers a standing ovation. And Which was beautiful. I really love that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really wonderful. Um and um yeah, I have I have to say it was just just an outstanding win in. Anyway, so let's talk about who is safe. And that's Hester and Sebastian. And I have to say that I'm so glad that they let Hester be safe and replaced yeah. with another outfit just so we didn't have like a heart-wrenching decision to make. Um but I also wanted to ask you if Hester had been on the bottom, as I think she deserved to be. Yeah, I agree. Would there be someone you would have would would have taken out of the bottom three? So I sh I'll say who the bottom three were. So the bottom three, um, unfortunately, were Tessa, Vinny, and Leela. So is, is there anyone you would have replaced with Hester? Like no, had I think save. no. Okay. No. I think the three that were on the bottom have had so many chances, and also, yeah. So no. no. Okay. Okay. And so that leaves the top three, who were kind of obvious: Bishmi, Jamal, and and Garo. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about this interaction on on this on the stage with these these judges because um, I just want to point out that we we get to Jamal first, and Jamal is talking about his inspiration, and he's like, um, so I did something kind of different where I said, well, you know, what if he came to me today? And what would I make for him today? And, you know, I just kind of wanted to. And Brenda goes like, you're on top, Jamal. So relax. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, this was not the challenge. <laughs> I know. I know. But it, I, it's like, okay, okay. But it's like, <laughs> if it were, I mean, it was, it's almost like it was too good to not acknowledge. It was too good. Um. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. And also just it was a performance piece. And I I can't see Elton John actually like playing piano in that, but I would like to see him try. And also we think about Brandon, who works with Lady Gaga. So this is also something that, you know, he's he's designed performance pieces for her and has also like wow. created um you know, he's pretty much the 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 art director for um, her entire tour for Art Pop. So it's kind of like, wow. and we have seen Lady Gaga. I recall the, um, I think it was her first SNL appearance <laughs> where she wore, she basically dressed up as Saturn or some type of weird planet with rings and tried to play a piano in that. And it was impossible. And, and she acknowledged it during the performance where she was like this basically inside of some spirals and then tried to like poke her arms through it and play a really serious song. And then I think she kind of laughed about it and had to stop in the middle and, and adjust it. So in a way, I'm like, could I see Elton John playing piano in a Jamal outfit? No. But I feel like Brandon could. <laughs> but again, um, Elton John could take off a top part and mm-hmm. then play the piano. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Because we know Elton John is a being who watches his girth, (laughs) has struggled with his weight, you know. (laughs) So why not just give some something fun to sort of like play with? (laughs) So, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think to play piano in that would not be very practical, but I think one could take off part of it and then play. Absolutely. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, and also I, I, and I want to, and we can kind of like talk a little fluidly about how the, the judges are approaching this, but you know, they go to Vinny and you kind of can see these, you you can see on the cheat sheet and you can also see it um, when you're watching this, they're sitting side by side and it's kind of like a battle of the feathers, the way Jamal has used the feathers on this jacket compared to next Vinny, who's clearly on the bottom. I know that look crabness. I've never thought so much about feathers than I have during this, the airing of, of this season. Like seriously. Yeah, (laughs) me too. I mean, it was, you know, everyone was offended by the feathers. Um, And this is again, Vinny kind of like, I'm, I was, I was just trying to go for it. I was just trying to, and you know, they point out how bad the pants are. And Nina again points out, is his taste level and how the red, white, and blue makes this outfit look very cheap. And I thought it wasn't necessarily the color scheme. It was just the fabrication. Yeah, it was very unfortunate. It was sort of like, you know, 
Civil War reenactment actor tries to sneak into the rocket and not be noticed. And it's really hard to pull that off. This is not the Elton John kind of style, you know. So I was really confused, and especially looking at it next to Jamal's, it really stands out like that, you know. Yeah. Um, next we, the, the, they talked to Tessa mm. and I don't know if she actually said this, but in my notes, I just was like, Oh God, my parents, I love my parents. Everything I make <laughs> is about my mom and my dad, like my parents, their favorite colors are brown and taupe yeah. and beige and ecru and tan and, and did I say beige? They love the yeah. color beige. Seriously. When and we go to the Wolf Festival, we have the best time together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they love it there. <laughs> they just like they're just like, oh my god, like we have sheep. We I grew up with sheep and lambs and camels because they're beige and it was like, okay, okay, Tessa, move on, please. Yeah. Oh man, um, but they're all really upset with the fit. And this comes in later, but um, I and I think this I think Brandon is the only one who's bothered by this. But I I'm wondering if this is going to become more important later on. But Brandon's really pointing out that she's never finished to him. So even this has her signature unfinished edges going on. Yeah. 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 Holy crapness! But um, I yeah I think they're I think Nina still is on is a little bit on Tessa's side. And I feel like we're going to have like a Nina Brandon battle over Tessa mm. somewhere in the future because Brandon's like, you're boring. And Nina's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. I think I get it. But if this were for chill. any other challenge, it would have been fine, but not for this challenge. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. Wait, were you gonna say something? Did I cut you off? No, okay. no, no, no. It's good. Okay, okay, just making sure. Um. So next we have Bishmi. And um, in this one, I you know I just kind of love that we we get to see more of this this fabulous jacket. Um. And then Nina acknowledging that there's stuff to see. You know, you can take off the jacket, and there's something underneath, and there's something behind, and you can even like you even have it have to take off. Um, to kind of just kind of take yourself through a performance and, and really thinking about how this actually could function on stage. Um, yeah. 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 Anything. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So and stop me if you have anything to say about these guys, but we move on to, to Leela and Leela goes like, yeah. So I was like challenge channeling my dad's um, failed um, creative career. Um, cause he wanted to be a rock star when he was little. Um, well actually not that little, like maybe like a few years ago, because I remember when I was an itty bitty girl going to the recording studio with him and you know, those were the That's days. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Uh, like, didn't Layla say something like, That's when I learned blah 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 and I was sort of like, What? <laughs> I know, I know. But uh oh man, but they ripped this to shreds. And Elaine called out the boa. She's like, what? What is this? Like, it makes no sense. And I love how they're so observant and they can really call out the mistakes and then the last minute fixes. And and Leela got caught with her 
trick of the trade. It's like, well, this isn't clearly a trick that you need to keep doing. So right. Nina says Leela's model looks like he lost a bet. That was amazing. And then, oh, did he hear? Somebody said, oh, Nina, you kill me. Was it Carly? Someone said that. And I was like, but she's so right. But Nina is so right. So right. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I didn't even do it in the Nina talk. She just, she's right. She's right. All right. Anyway, um, next we have Garo. And they go, Garo, did you like this challenge? He's like, oh, my God. I love this challenge. So, like, when I was a kid and the first time I heard the song Rocket Man, oh, the feeling. So I kind of tapped into that. Only that. Oh, loved it. And uh, <laughs> and so they're just like, oh, my God, this could have been the film. Julian Day is gushing over this outfit. All the judges just love it. And then... Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stop me because I'm just going on forever. But didn't Julian Day say something like this could be in the movie now, you know? Yeah. And he also I forgot to mention that he also said that about Bishmi's outfit. He's like, oh, yeah. man. He's like, I'm mad that this is not in the movie. And he says yeah. the same thing about Garo. I just also loved having Julian there julian day because i i really appreciate it i think that the designers really needed some uh like a little bit of ego boost when it you know at this point in the competition and so it's just a major compliment to be like yeah now like this could be in there now um also want to point out that on our our last episode with uh the gaming episode with nalen i think nalen thought that elaine brought up the parliament funkadelic reference but i don't think she does i don't i don't really remember her saying it but i want to say it just so that it gets said it really is kind of like a parliament outfit as well and um uh yeah i don't know yeah anyway but but go ahead oh no i'm good i'm good okay but also this is sort of where we have this bit of like back and forth of a drama between the runway and the waiting room where the eliminated designers are with the safe designers. And so Elaine is just like, Oh my God, you took this to another galaxy. The jockstrap was genius. And so Brandon asks, Oh my God. So where's Sonia in this? And girl goes, um, like, so she like, so this, uh, him down there and uh, yeah. then she kind of put this like one sequent um right here like so this one sequent like that's what sonia did backstage sonia is going on and on and on and we have nadine who is just gassing her up and sonia's like oh my god so they love the cod piece that was me i sketched that out like that was my it idea it was and really it really was it really was and so nadine is just like oh my god wait you did that sonia garo is your best friend if i were you i would say something <laughs> when he mm-hmm. comes back here and sonia's like no 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 you know i'm i'm just going to, i'm just going to ignore him and all the while the judge is just like oh my god garo did Sonia do anything? And he was like, yeah, you know, she draped something. Yeah. <laughs> something down here. Yeah. 
anyway, so yeah, so we have we. You know, no, go ahead. Go there ahead. are so many ways you could have handled that oh, without. How, I mean, come yeah. on. Let's let's. I mean, we can talk about it. It's disappointing because I don't think either one of them handled this well. By the way, I don't think Garrow handled it well. I don't think Sonia handled it well. <laughs> but but mm-hmm. I, I think she was right. So it's true that yes, she came up with the idea. But guess what? It's his challenge. Mm-hmm. Gerald chose to accept it, right? So, and and he could have said, "Oh, I really enjoyed working on the on this cod piece with Sonia. Like she brought it up, and we worked on this mar- marvelously together." Right, right, right. He could have said that without throwing anybody under the bus. There's no need to throw anybody under the bus ever. You just say it like it is, right? Yeah. So. No, he kind of was like, oh, God, I have their attention. I can't lose it. I'm not saying anything. Right. So yeah. it was a little disappointing, but but it was even more disappointing later when he was like, oh, no, you didn't do it. <laughs> I know, because it's kind of like I think that the judges were asking him this because it was an extremely ambitious piece. So they're like, there's no way you did this all by yourself. So we want to know. How how did Sonia work out with this? Because it's such an it, it's it is the most elaborate and extravagant piece up there. And it really is. And Garrow has had construction issues on the runway. Mm. Even Garrow, not as bad as Tessa. My God, no. Not as bad as Venny. <laughs> my God, no. But they have. But the judges have questioned Garrow's taste right. and Garrow's construction before, where Garen had. Garen. Garrow has said several times, details are very important to me. I'm a perfectionist. But then stripes show up on the runway that aren't lined up. And mm-hmm. again, a function of time. I believe Garrow is exceptionally talented. I do. But as a function of time, things don't always work out in the favor. So I think it's so obvious. This is probably the best construction he's had on the runway. Yes. Um, and you also have so- Sonia off of the tail end of her elimination off of a gown that yeah. was just exquisitely made yeah so i think that he he didn't neither one of them handled it better because i think sonia could have just said oh i did that i'll I'll handle it instead of kind of making more drama exactly i mean because nadine you know you know mom of drama like you're like oh my god you need to talk to him when he comes and say something because nadine's like doesn't ever shy away from saying something although passive aggressively she still says it and Sonia you know she's like oh no, no, no I'm just gonna ignore him I'm just like how is that gonna work out how like, how yeah. is that possible because when they come back um <clears throat> sad Sonia says <laughs> so much and because there's no way you can avoid that because Garo who has been just gassed up by the judges comes back mm. and like oh my god I know you guys have a TV back here and can see the judging. Wasn't it amazing that I got so many great things said about my piece and Sonia, you know, rightfully so, but also, you know, in a way it's like, no, 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 you didn't tell them about anything that I did. You didn't say anything. (laughs) It's like, Oh no, I did. I said like that, that sequin on his eyeglasses that you glued (laughs) that there that one time. I said it and she's like, oh. no, but the cod piece, almost everything that they point out as being complimentary. I helped you with that. We collaborated and it's, it's, yeah, it's just sad. Um, 
I think it's interesting that towards the end, like Sonia does let it go. Like she, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, she, she gets so, sort of like kind of gets to the end of her anger. Um, yeah. But I have to point out that this is going to come back on the reunion. This makes me really want to see the reunion show. Oh, oh I never <laughs> see those reunion episodes ever. Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. God, partly because I just like looking at the clothes. I don't care about their interpersonal lives. I, I'm so Because I don't even, I don't either. But for this, I'm just like, we're going to, we're going to learn more. And uh, this is going to come up again. And I'm here for it. Because I, I, you know, bet. again, listeners, I'm a housewife watcher. So <laughs> I'm into Bravo in general. And the reunion is very, it's peak Bravo. So um, I will be watching that. Anyway. So anything to say during the, the pawing session here? No, no. All right. Um, let's see here. So we do have kind of, um, we, we get to see obviously who are the top two and the the bottom two. And it's pretty clear because Elaine and Nina are fighting each other over Garl versus Bishmi. And I think... Um, it's it's very very interesting to me, and then I think it's kind of obvious that the the bottom two are Vinny and Leela. Yeah. Um, Tessa is just I think people are just annoyed, and it was inappropriate for the challenge, but she's she wasn't the worst. Mm, yeah. So um, yeah, so Patricia, yeah, who actually ends up winning? this competition girl sparrow girl sparrow so girls got it and then who goes home well um layla goes home yeah yeah and i would like to say that on their goodbye i think this is what carly says she's just like Vanny, your outfit was cheap but leela it just didn't do justice to Elton. And I was like, really? I think she said Elton, not like Elton John. It's like Elton would have just hated this outfit. Leela, you're out. Um, yeah. So Leela cries now because she has to go home and face her family. And um, yeah, she was our no waste designer, as Christian Siriano points out. And I thought this farewell to her was really really a wonderful callback to who she is as a designer. Um, someone who, you know, is environmentally conscious despite, <laughs> um, you know, the things that we've said or my regret for having her on my bracket. Um, it's a very admirable thing to do and a very difficult thing to do as a designer to, um, to design in, an, in a no waste uh, type of way. And so Christian yeah. acknowledges that. And it's like, you're, you're an inspiration to um, Christian or she's an inspiration to Christian and his team and how he works, which I thought was really a wonderful thing to say. Yeah. And I have to say that was a very gracious exit. That oh, was yeah. probably the most, one of the most gracious exits we've had on this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Leela is gone. Um, I'm, I'm down on my bracket, <sighs> you and Nalan are killing it in this bracket battle. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it's great. Congratulations to, <laughs> to 
to both of you for so far. Uh, in being in the front, I am last place so far. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. Um, very scared. But we have a have a a squeak by from Vinny yet again, like like just kind of skating on by. Um, I think in my head, I th- I was ready for Vinny to go. Me too. <laughs> I'm ready. Me too. Yeah. I mean, would you have, like, were you surprised that Lila went home? I honestly think they should have both gone home and brought back Renee, but <laughs> <laughs> this is not RuPaul's Drag Race. So I think that it didn't matter to me which one, which ones went home. Hmm. Um, I think that either one of them, but I think on those two outfits, I think uh, I mean, they were both so inappropriate, but yeah. at least... At least Layla actually tried to do something different. Yeah. Even work. Whereas Vinny, I think, just did something that has failed over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, let's put a feather here. And and let's just, that's that. So I think that in a way, maybe Vinny should have gone instead of Layla. Yeah. I think in a way we have seen over and over again that Vinny has a taste issue. And... I, I don't quite understand why he was allowed to move on because that's something in the past that, that ha- has gotten people eliminated because it's kind of like, if we give you another chance, you know, taste is, is something that's really hard to teach. Um, it's something that I, th- I, okay, I shouldn't say that. I would say that taste has been something that has been portrayed as being innate, like an innate ability, innate quality, and something that is sort of like, um, uh, something that you're not going to acquire, at least in this environment. So if you've shown the, the judges over and over again that they have a reason to doubt your choices of fabric and trim, then it's next week most likely they're going to keep doubting that. You're going to give them more reasons as opposed to Leela, who, again, yeah, did try something different, but has shown that she has, you know, she's pretty sophisticated and is pretty... Um, you know, pretty grounded in, in the level of taste that the judges have, have at least liked and, and have thought was safe before. So I don't know. This was a hard one. It was a hard one. All right, Patricia. Okay. <laughs> um, we've come to the end of this episode. And um, before we say goodbye or good morning, <laughs> do you have anything to share? And how can people find you? Oh, um, I don't think I have anything to share. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle, Sense Insight, S-E-N-S-E-A-N-D-S-I-G-H-T. Um, oh, wait, I do have something to share. Yay! What? I'm such a fool. Um, this, sun- well, it has nothing to do with fashion or art, even. <laughs> That's okay. Shocking. Shocking that I'm doing something unrelated to art or fashion but um i am one of the co-organizers of an event that's happening on sunday it's just it's just a two-hour event and it's called mm, oh my goodness um it has a very long title and i didn't come up with it 
So hold on, you know what? I'm going to look it up. This is terrible that I have to do this. But it's an event at the People's Forum in New York City that's in Midtown. It's on 38th Street and 7th. For those of you not in New York, don't despair. It can be live streamed. Um, and it's an event about social movements and climate change. You know what? That's the title. Oh, okay, um, great. Yeah, so... And the people that are in it are exceptional. Oh, okay. So it's actually called Worldwide Green New Deals with Mm. the subtitle Social Movements and Climate Emergency. That's the official title. So Worldwide Green New Deals, Social Movements and Climate Emergency. And it's 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. this Sunday, May 19th. It's going to be live streamed online for free. And if you are in New York, you can um, be present for that at the People's Forum on West 37th Street. And that is a conversation with um, Andrea Carmen, whose work I've been following. Um, uh, Andrea Carmen is the, does work with the Indian Treaty Council. Mm-hmm. And former professor of mine, um, Professor David Harvey, is um, going to be there. And then Bryce Montaigne from Europe and Christian Parenti from America. So it should be interesting. Cool. Yay. Thanks for sharing. And I will... Um, put a link to that in the show notes um, just in case. And also um, that link should also take you to the live stream um, on, on May 19th. Yay. Oh, cool. Thank um, you. Yeah, and I know. I just want to, one thing to share is follow this podcast, <laughs> like this podcast, <laughs> support this podcast. <laughs> Yay. Yes, please do. Um, and yeah. And thank you guys for your, ongoing support and ongoing um listenership and of course you can find me at ernez h-e-r-n-e-a-s-e on instagram facebook um my website erneznavis.com and again i'm in a show that's happening at the moment at spaceworks in gowanus and um even for those of you who aren't able to make it to brooklyn or live in brooklyn or live in new york in in any areas um feel free to go to my website and check out my work um i I try my best to keep my website up to date and um right now the show is called mark of the question and i'm showing with my co-artist in residence um malik aziz and i would also encourage you guys to follow Spaceworks on Instagram and um, you know it's a space in New York that's really wonderful they have places in Long Island City and Williamsburg and I believe they're starting a space in South Bronx as well so um, very supportive of the arts and artists and doing amazing and tremendous and interesting things all over the five boroughs so check it out there also follow this podcast on Facebook so join us there where um, we drop episodes, but also um, where listeners, you guys have been great about chiming in, sending in your own thoughts and starting and continuing conversations off podcast. And same with Instagram, where I like to post um, what I think are funny memes. Maybe not everyone gets it, but <laughs> um, little memes sometimes and then announcements for the shows. So yeah, that's about it. Um, next week, uh, Project Runway dips her foot into more politics. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how it is. And and we'll talk about it then. Um, but until then, thanks so much for, uh, for listening with us. And again, appreciate your ongoing support. And Patricia, thank you so much 
for co-hosting with me. This has been a lot of fun. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And then um, shout out to my um, my beloved, beloved friend and um, co-host extraordinaire, Samelia Kolar, out in Memphis at textileshop.com. Um, and then, yeah, we've come to the end of all of our like inner show announcements. So until next week, listeners, we'll say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.